Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. More on the monkeys in just a moment. We're talking with uh, Chip Douglas, uh, who was um, a key player, both literally and figuratively, in, in so much of the most favorite tracks from the 1960s. And he's with us here on Coast to Coast AM. I want to I go back. If you missed the first half hour, you may not have heard Chip say this, but... You were in high school and you were in this kind of Kingston trio kind of wannabe band, right? Poppy group, you might call them, yep. And we, yeah. That's, that's all we did was sing Kingston trio songs. In, in, and we met in a dormitory on the Punahou School campus and we used to practice them up there because there was a lot of echo in the hallways, you know, oh, yeah. a place to practice. Yeah. But anyway, that, well, but, but so what was it like for you? And do you remember the very first time you met? John Stewart of the Kingston Trios. Kingston that was, uh, the first time we met was when I went to audition for the part that Dave Gard vacated, and they needed someone to replace him, and there was a couple of guys in consideration. They flew me over there to audition. I was about 19, and I played with them and so on and so forth, and came back to the office the next day, and one of the road managers said, uh, well, Chip, uh, to be brutally frank, you didn't make the scene. And I went, oh, okay, well. And then in walks John Stewart through the door. And, uh, you know, he was about to audition or had already gotten the job. One thing, the first time I saw him and we said hello, and it was just a couple words, and that was that. And then I went back to Hawaii. I didn't see him much until much later when I, you know, was living in uh, L.A. again and uh, 
got got together with him and on occasion when was following the trio around and we'd hang out and got to know him and so, listen to his songs and so. and, you, and you were friendly i mean it was no hard oh, feelings yeah. obviously it was pretty cool all right so now let's now let's go back to the turtles so you you record this album this great album with the turtles which has one of the earliest known as far as i know of anyway uh, versions of a song by Warren Zevon, uh, like The Seasons, uh, which is on that, that Turtles album that you had done so well with, with Happy Together. And then um, also the track, uh, She'd Rather Be With Me, which is another great song from the Turtles. Yeah. Uh, now, those I didn't produce. I didn't have anything to do with. All no. I really did with the Turtles was Happy Together and a couple other songs, one of which was some, a forgettable one called Can't You Hear the Cows and <laughs> a couple other things. And they never made it to the albums, but the the main one was Happy Together. And right after that, I got, uh, you know, better offer to go produce the monkeys. And so I had to leave before, you know. Before album number friend. two. You be you did one album, one great song, and and then you're out. So you left because again, I, I've heard a couple of different versions of the story. Did this happen again at the Whiskey A Go Go that Mike Nesmith came up to you and said, "We'd like you to produce the Monkees"? Well, that was not the first time I'd met him, but uh, that was the time that I had to decide whether I wanted to stay with the Turtles or except Mike's offer to go produce the monkeys and something I didn't really know how to do. I'd never produced a record in my life. I'd recorded on a few of them, but I wasn't a professional producer by any means. So I was hesitant. I said, are you sure about this? He said, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll teach you everything you need to know, and you can you can do it. Believe me, I have faith in you. So I said, all right, I'll do it then. And, uh, you know, he said there'll be a good substantial paycheck in it for you, so, you know, don't worry. Right. So I said, okay. Uh, and I I hated to leave the Turtles. I was having so much fun with those guys. I mean, we'd go on the road and get all wigged out. Yeah, <laughs> wigged out. <laughs> Let's fun. just call it that, wigged out. <laughs> That's all they wanted to do was have fun, you know. They yeah. didn't want to take... They didn't want to be taken seriously, the the turtles. They, right. And that's the reason Howard Kalen says, and how is the weather in the end? He says, I put that in there just so everyone would know that we're not serious about this. We're just having fun, and we're just, that's the way we do it. And so, okay, you know. Yeah, I love, and I, I love, when you look at the videos of, of, of what would later become Flo and Eddie, in the turtles um that that's a rare arrangement of those two lead vocals in a way two front men in a way that play off of each other for such great comic effect while they're singing these love songs um and i think that that's just that was a unique vibe it was a very entertaining approach to pop music because it sort of elevated it a little bit to like a circus act I mean, it had that it had that kind of frivolity to it. Well, Mark was quite the clown on stage. He, I mean, he tossed that tambourine fifty feet yeah. in the air and then catch it with his foot and all of this kind of stuff and jump all over the place. And of course, Howard, still my favorite voice of all time. Of, yeah, great voice. I mean, especially the song that he did called uh, "You Baby." Yeah, I don't know what it is about that vocal on there. I love that just, tune. 
you know, his voice kind of breaks in places, you know, like Tammy Wynette does that little right. throat break little. thing. And he just sounds so great in that, those things, you know, and yeah. I just, he's one of my all-time favorites. But well, yeah, and I, two guys, two-part harmony was my favorite thing, you know, just like all the country artists do nowadays. you got one guy to sing the melody, and the other guy comes in, and he sings that high harmony on those choruses, and everybody has done that. You know, the Beatles do it in, right. in all kinds of places and all right. that kind of stuff, you know. It's it's electrifying to me to have yeah. that sound. When, yeah. when you, one guy singing it is fine, you know, but boy, if you bring that other guy in, and not the same guy. A lot of people dump right. themselves and do their own harmony. But if you got some different voice up there that really works well, it's it's. I love it. You know, it's yeah. my favorite thing. Well, it, it's so it, it's so in evidence, and and I've actually already pulled uh, you, baby, for a bumper later on tonight. But we're talking with uh, Chip Douglas, and so so whatever. What do you think Mike Nesmith saw in you? I'm sure you've been asked this question before. I'm sure Mike commented on this before his passing. But what what I mean that is such a long shot that he well, would he would he, pick you. He he was a big fan of the modern folk quartet for one thing. Okay. And he knew I had the ability to arrange harmonies for another. But then, you know, a big hit with the Turtles and there we are on the Smothers Brothers singing this wonderful record and that i think that got to him too and he said that's that's the guy we need you know it's it's, it's so you know and yeah I, but he, i mean that's said, and we were friends a little uh, I, I didn't see him too much too often but you know we knew each other and but mainly he was a a fan of our group and i guess in particular a fan of mine and yeah you know, he, you know said Here, well, here's but that's but that's this is why that's i mean not just a compliment I mean, this is where the the monkeys had so much to prove because they were pushing back against uh, Columbia and they were saying Col Gem Records and they were saying, we want to do, we want to play our own instruments. We want to produce our own records. We're going to do that. And it's either that or this whole thing falls apart and eventually they caved and the monkeys got to do it. And suddenly here you were, you know, as the captain of the ship, when so much was at stake for these guys, that's a that's more than just a, hey, we like what you do to this record. You want to come over and you know kick around our headquarters for a while, right? <laughs> no, it. Uh, I felt the pressure. The little gray hairs were sprouting all the time. You know, as I was working away with them, but right. Uh, it's it, it yeah it was a lot of pressure i didn't think about it. i got so absorbed in the music i just had to keep going and keep trying to get another record done and lester sill was <laughs> rubbing my shoulders say oh my god i have another record babe right you know, before the tv show starts filming again and keep going and so right. we just kept Cranking about as best we could and plug it away. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code. 
Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. But, you know, that. Uh, so I know that uh, the band Alchemy, as you were talking about with the Turtles, that's such an amazing thing to find. It's a harder thing to keep, and it's a really easy thing to lose. And so because egos and because of, uh, you know, spouses and because children and because touring and because all sorts of different reasons that bands end up drugs, alcohol, th- bands start falling apart. The, the the turtles were hanging together. You pull out, and here were the monkeys at this pivotal time. And the the story goes that Mike Nesmith and Peter Tork just never really got along. Is that was that your experience when you walked in to the sessions with the monkeys? Um, it's kind of sort of, but they really they they really wanted to pull together on this headquarters album. That was the you know, they were determined to be their own band. And that was my job was to help them do that. And so, we, you know, there were, there were disagreements here and there and stuff. But uh, by and large, everybody got along in the headquarters album. Later, I don't know, after I was not involved i mean there may have been different well, things. mike is very vocal about that he he would say of working with peter tork he said i never liked the guy he said we all we ever had was a was an uneasy truce and uh, i think it was because they were the two best musicians in the original four well peter could be very very argumentative i mean but he'd he'd give in after a while and he just and i'd try to make my point and he would try to make his point and first of all, he never wanted me to be the producer in the first place. Okay. He, he wanted Stephen Stills to get the job, but right. uh, he didn't do it. So anyway, but after talking to Peter, I said, but Peter, see it this way and so on and so forth. And, and it'll be, well, he said, all right, Chip, you're the producer. And he'd just walk away and that would be that. But wasn't that, there's a, t- there's a twinge of sarcasm in there. Oh, yeah. He would, yeah, you're the producer. And he'd yeah. walk. But, you know. Somebody has to decide, and that's what right. you get hired to do, I guess. Not that I 
said, it's got to be this way or else. No, it's just I tried to make my point as diplomatically as I could from time to time if I felt it was important. And, yeah, you should play this part and you should sing this harmony and you, this guy should do that. And that's the way I went about it, you know. Yeah. But interestingly enough, too, you you became – I mean, I know this gets tossed around, but you became kind of the fifth monkey – um, because you took over bass, putting, freeing up Peter to play keyboards and guitar and doing other stuff. That was your, that was what you played. That was the instrument that you played best. But what was that like when you said, well, okay, well, I'll play the bass on these tracks. Well, I just, uh, I, and I made the point up. Peter is such a great keyboard player. He would sit down and he played these amazing classical pieces, you know, the dun 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 Peter, let's just do it as a three-piece, drums, bass, and mic on the guitar, and then you add your keyboard later. But I felt that we needed to have a little combo of four guys, just like the Beatles, you know, a band, so that you could play with a four-piece band in the studio. And that's, that's the way we went about it. And Davey was playing the tambourine in the background, stuff like that, because he didn't play rhythm guitar in those days. So... That's how we did it, and yeah. uh, they accepted that, although the management, Bert Schneider in particular, he told me, took, called me in his office one day, and he said, Chip, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be playing with them in there. You, you should stay in behind the, the glass right. on the other side where Funny. the recording machines are and let them do the thing. And I said, well, I, I kind of feel that I kind of got to help hold it together by being right. on the bass, you know, so... That's what I did, and uh, it could have been done differently, but that's the way we did it. And that's really Peter then playing the piano. Yeah, oh yeah, and all all of that right. quarter stuff, and and all the Pisces stuff too. It's it's yeah, it's, it's Peter on the keyboards. Yeah, yeah. And he did some great things. I mean, he did a. It took us a while to get. There's a solo in a thing called "The Girl That I Knew Somewhere." It's right. a chord solo, and it's in horn fifths, which are a thing that you hear with French horns usually, but. Peter explained his door, oh, they're called horn fifths, and then the harmonies are like this, and then and he started playing this thing, and I said, hey, that's great, can you work out the whole thing as a solo, and it took him a while, but, and it was a very complicated, you know, a lot of notes in that, and two yeah. harmony at best, and right. he did it beautifully, you know, and I, I love it in there, it's, it's just, uh, it's different, it's okay. not an amazing fuzz tones guitar solo it's no. a it's a classical sort of sounding harpsichord part so there you go so so let's go back to the beginning of this half hour then and at some point you're in conversation with john stewart formerly of kingston trio and you ask him hey do you got a song where did that happen well it was up in laurel canyon out Side of Henry Diltz's place, probably the photographer. Uh, that's where we used to. Yes, that's where we used to kind of hang out, and and he would when he when I was producing the monkey, he'd say, "Hey, I've got songs," you know. I said, "Great, well, let's hear them." And so he played me his stuff, and I became familiar with lots of his songs. And then one day he played me this Daydream Believer, and the thing that grabbed me about that song was the way he hit the low note in there, which 
you know, the bluebird as she sings. And he right. had this deep bass voice, and he hit this low note like that. I said, whoa. And that's what grabbed me, just that hit, hitting that low note like that. I didn't think about the rest of it that much. I mean, it was, you know, I liked the song and everything, but I thought, well, I'll play this for the guys and see what happens. And so I took it in and uh, played it for them, and Davey right away thought, that's for me, man. You know, yeah. uh, that one's for me. Uh, yeah. You know, and so he... he and it is. It, it it is it's a, it's a song perfect for him. Yeah, I was I was thinking. Well, we didn't Mickey. get that big bass note in there, and the bluebird as she sings, you know that. <laughs> right. Maybe sang in an occupier or whatever, but it didn't matter. What also made that record, and I got to give credit where credit is due, is Shorty Rogers arranged yeah. the that brass. That. I yeah. had he was a famous jazz uh, composer and arranger. And I had some ideas for string parts, and he had some ideas for extra trumpet parts that went in there. And in, in particular, there's this, this one kind of unison part where the song mellows out in the middle and the trumpet just goes... Yeah, right. It just made that whole song right there. You know, I thought, oh, wow. And I didn't think of that. And <laughs> but, you, know, I, you know, I always thought of that. I always thought that was a very Herb Alpert-like break. Oh, yeah. It just, I love it, trumpets, especially unison trumpets, you know, when right. they're just a little line together. And, uh, but it, but it sounded like an A&M arrangement, that, that, that trumpet part, that just everything about that to me had a little Tijuana brass vibe to it. And then I, I had it looked up once, and Shorty Rogers did a lot of arrangements over at A&M with Herb Alpert, and I thought, okay, not my imagination. There was at least no, some. I'm, I'm sure he did, yeah. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus